Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Hey y'all, we're back with another week of Tis the Podcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. I'm Tom. And I'm Matt. Tom's Tom's back back and Matt's back. And Matt's back. (laughs) Jinx. It's like a party. Matt's Matt's really trying to take my job, y'all. I'm trying. This is the best I can. I'm trying. We were saying before you guys hopped on, I think uh, he is officially the fourth elf now. Sorry, Jerry D, but I think Matt's the first (laughs) one to be on two weeks in a row and have a third week coming up, like after a week break. I mean, and like bearded glasses <laughs> dry sense of humor I, mean, I, I really need like a, 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 a shot of espresso right now to make me complete like the tom in this moment <laughs> you need a shot of espresso but only the best that you but only the best oh yeah on your fancy machine mm-hmm. and you'll wax because, poetic about how because right now best. matt you're more of an anthony with the beard and glasses because you're all in on pumpkin spice like I. that's am. true that is true <laughs> that is true i you um, know to be more tom i i needed to like procure my own water from an artesian well <laughs> and grow the beans myself uh create the electricity in my house all of those things oh i love it tom we're glad you're back where have you been been? how was amsterdam uh it's a pretty rad city i like it Did, did you do everything i would do i did nothing that you would do i didn't go to any of the parts of the city where anthony would would find himself you're hilarious, my friend. I I just thought, hmm, is this something Anthony would do? And if the answer was yes, I did not do it. <laughs> um, it was amazing. It's uh, literally more people on bikes than uh, cars. It was just magnificent. It was it was amazing. I did almost get run over by bikes more than once, and um, my coworker Greta saved my life. So, good lord, is she? Is she based out of there? So she's no. used to said bike traffic. Oh, oh, no, she's not she's... based out of there. She has a very Dutch name, Greta. Um, Greta and Perry, two two of my coworkers I was with, everybody assumed they were Dutch and spoke Dutch to them. May surprise you, nobody assumed I was Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's a, we're glad it's a, you're back. I'm glad to be back. I feel much more grounded when i'm at least on the right half of the world <laughs> um i do have a question has anybody tried the new chick-fil-a chicken sandwich what is i have it? not 
the hot honey pimento cheese chicken sandwich. Huh. I mean, it's no honey. bad words. It's I mean... honey pimento <laughs> cheese and jalapenos. Okay. I've never had pimento cheese. I don't think I've had pimento cheese in 30 years. I'm not a cheese guy. What? What are we it doing hurts. here? How do you not like cheese? How are you not a cheese guy? <laughs> As an Italian, I know. Yeah, I especially. Yeah. <laughs> that is shocking. I like, okay, no, I, I won't say that. I liked baked ziti, so when the cheese is melted in. Okay. You're just not like raw dog and slices of cheese, yeah. like a <laughs> charcuterie <laughs> board. Yeah. Yeah, that is not for me at all. <laughs> so do yeah. you like, do you like pizza? You know, I what? only in college did I start eating pizza with the cheese on. Growing up, my parents had to like cut the cheese off, like so it's basically just bread and sauce because I hated it. And then his parents cut the cheese. <laughs> You're hilarious. <laughs> uh, I like processed cheese. I like goldfish. Why? <laughs> why can't you have lactose intolerance? Because I, I really love cheese. It's just I can't eat it. You should have gotten that gene. It just de- right? it just depends on how much you want to pu- mm-hmm. push through. Yeah, there's really. very little level I want to push through to have cheese. <laughs> I did see a an authentic. Oh, that was that was one thing that was funny, Anthony. You would have you would have gotten a kick out of in Amsterdam. We did a canal tour, and they had New York style pizza. <laughs> <laughs> what did that equate to in Amsterdam? Uh, it tasted like something you would just put in the microwave or oven at huh. home was it just cut very large so you had to fold it no it wasn't cut large i don't know why it was new york they just said it was a new york pizzeria oh. that made it and you're like mm, this is i good. hope you call <laughs> what's the sabaros it was not but i did see sabaros in atlanta and i almost got it i almost I'm got gonna a get me there. a new york slice they're <laughs> one of my favorite jokes from that show uh, so me good. too matt how was your week it was good. It was good. Uh, I was telling you off mic, I'm on the verge of a vacation. So I'm just a couple more, actually one more day of work and then supposed to go to Florida. Fingers crossed if this uh, hurricane kind of gets itself up and out of there. But uh, either way, I've got a week off of work, so I'm not going to complain. So if we have to change <laughs> plans, we change plans, but I'm ready for a little time off. Mm-hmm. Love that for you. Where in Florida? Uh, it's Marco Island. It's uh, south of Fort Myers. It's pretty much as far south as you could go on the Gulf side. My uh, my in-laws have a place down there. So we went back in March and I was like, normally I'm not like a Florida guy, but I'm like, after we got home, I was like, we should book another trip at the end of summer. Like I need to go back and just relax. So that's the plan. Hopefully it works out that way. When do you leave? I love- we leave Thursday night. Okay. Yeah. flying or driving we're flying so okay. i think we should be okay um so we'll just have to wait and see yep fingers crossed not just for your vacation but for all our florida listeners who are in the path of that mm-hmm. absolutely julia how's you your week oh well let... beauty before age julia Thank you. I never know if that's a dig. <laughs> no, 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 no. See, if it was, me and Tom an said that joke. at the same time, I would have said age before beauty. Ah. But. Um, 
it's been a good week. I don't know. All the days are running together like they always do. Um, we had one last pool day at family on Sunday, which was a ton of fun. Um, and it's not been blazingly hot. So honestly, that's the win. It's in the sixties in the morning for at least a couple days here in Tulsa, which is divine. Um, and it's going to get hot again, but I don't want to think about that. So it's just enough, a taste of fall for me to get really excited and start to bring my sweaters out of the top shelf in my closet, which is a mistake because I'm just going to be disappointed, but it also means hope on the horizon. Nice. So what about you, Anthony? How's that pumpkin spice latte treat? Yeah. So good. It was worth the wait. <laughs> worth the wait. I already get I already got a little notification from my Starbucks app. You're a big fan of pumpkin. And it told me how much pumpkin I've had in like the past week. <laughs> Are you gonna try that apple one? They have some new apple drink. Whoa, I'm sticking to what I know and I love. This time Bad of year is way too short to deviate away and miss out on a day of the pumpkin. By that reasoning, you will watch no new Christmas stuff coming out this year. Uh, I don't, well, I don't know how much good Christmas stuff is coming out this year. But you're going to watch it. <laughs> That's true. But it's like every year. The OGs take their priority. Same with Halloween. You have to get through your canon before you do the new stuff. I, I would it. recommend trying the, uh, whatever the Apple thing is. It's that new Apple oat milk deal drink, right? Starbucks. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That looked really good. I haven't tried it. I haven't tried it, but they have a really good uh, caramel apple spice, like heart, uh, like a apple cider. That's really good. Mm-hmm. We have made Starbucks history tonight. Tom has said something good about Starbucks. Dude, I don't say. I just say it's not coffee. It's just brown <laughs> sugar water. But they have an apple cider. They have an apple cider that's not bad. It's on my um, list of stuff to try. I'm a big fan of apple cider, though. Julia, I agree with you. In the morning, the mornings have been cooler and the nights have been cooler here. Days still get pretty hot for me. But I mean, it's nice taking Larry out at night and in the morning now. And in the morning, it's a little bit darker every morning. And I like Mm -hmm. that. That just means fall is almost here. Yeah, I saw saw that we lose since like yesterday. We will lose two minutes and 30 seconds of sunlight every day until the clocks go back every or day for, or forward, oh, whatever it is. Yeah. That's uh, not bad. Fall behind. Yeah. Nobody yeah, fall behind. I don't like yeah. that. I, uh, none of my, none of my European compatriots thought I knew proper conversion from Fahrenheit to Celsius. When I told them what the heat index was in Tulsa last week, <laughs> that you were wrong. Just totally like, no. off base. It wasn't no. It can't be forty eight. And I'm like, no. It was. It was almost forty nine. It was forty eight. Almost forty nine. But no. Like, what is that in Fahrenheit? And I'm like, one hundred and twenty. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, one hundred twenty eight in Owasso. Wow. One day when we picked Jude up from school, wow. feels like, yeah, that is, yeah. We got to one nineteen. Feels like I think on Thursday. And it was just, oh, I went outside to get the mail and I thought I was going to fall over. It was so bad. And then it got to like, over the weekend, it was like 70 on Saturday. Like all the windows open. It was like, bring it on. Like that's this all I wanted. Part of the Anthony, reason I, don't know if you saw it. I wanted a countdown to fall on Christmas every year because mm-hmm. the heat freaking sucks. Yes. I don't know if you saw Anthony and Matt where y'all live, but 
not terribly far from here in Lawrence, Kansas. They were 134 degrees. I did see that. And every time I think of Lawrence, Kansas, I think of Supernatural because that's where they're from originally. From Lawrence? Uh, Sam and Dean. There's a school in Lawrence. There's um, Lawrence has some of the best concerts. Really? Mm-hmm. They do great shows in Lawrence, Kansas. I ordered this amazing clock off the Disney store. It's the clock from The Nightmare Before Christmas. 70 bucks. Instead of numbers around it, it has the months of the year. And the bottom has the three squares so you can count down to Halloween and Christmas because you can switch it out. So I can literally count down now from January 1st (laughs) to Christmas with this clock, which also glows and lights up and it looks awesome. Good purchase. Disney Store has a lot of good stuff this year. I almost bought a Hocus Pocus goblet. They have goblets, one for each witch, but they're like 55 bucks each. They're really nice, but not 55 bucks each. Nice. Mm. We're showing Ellie the Nightmare Before Christmas for the first time this year. That's exciting. It is exciting. I do feel I need to mention, since you know, we're a pop culture type podcast, we talk movies all the time Mm -hmm. that Warner Brothers has a new highest grossing movie of all time. Barbie beat the Dark Knight domestically and Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 internationally and became number one. Which I don't think anybody had on their bingo card. But good for Greta Gerwig, you know, highest grossing female director, but just one of the highest grossing directors period now of all time. Like, awesome for her. And uh, Batman and Harry Potter are a good company because that movie's great. So. Hey, she beat Nolan on two fronts there. She did this summer and just, yeah. But yeah, I love all the, you know, all the news sites that were breaking it. We're using like the tagline for the movie. She's Barbie. He's just Batman. She's Barbie. He's just <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of old movies, because I have to give Anthony credit where credit is due. Um, I've been slowly working through Anthony's Voodoo Library because it's so good. Because it's so good. And I watched Barbarian mm. per Anthony's recommendation. And whoa. That's all I'll say about that. I feel like there are some movies that are just perpetually protected from. Yeah, that one, Going Blind. Yes. Further, yeah, discussion. <laughs> um, and then uh, watched Black Phone, which I really liked a I lot. Ethan Hawke was creepy. He mm-hmm. really was, and I've never read any Joe Hill, but it felt very Stephen King, which I appreciated. Uh, well, that's his son, right? That's his son. It is yeah. his son. Okay. And I know I'm always opinionated on child actors, but the child actors in that movie are pretty good so good the girl is so dang good too yeah i think both of them are gonna have long careers ahead of them yep um speaking of stephen king the boogeyman just hit digital and is now in my voodoo library julia that's a stephen king short story that came out in june in theaters and just hit digital miss that one but the stephen king short story that's about to drop now holly yes so, so I'm plugging that today. But still yeah, have to take me into fall. And you still, it. you still have to watch Cobbler as well. Well, 
And I will forever plug that movie on here because that stupid movie studio put that right in between Oppenheimer and Barbie and it just got lost in the conversation and it didn't deserve to. (laughs) So Cobweb, it's a good Halloween movie. Nice. Well, we're not here to talk about Halloween tonight, though, even though we're all pretty excited about it. We are, are, however, here to talk about a show that I love. I know multiple people on the podcast tonight, love. We are talking about the first part of the King of Queens Christmas episodes. Um, to be was the deep sigh. To be clear, it's the first four episodes for Christmas. My eyes are getting weary. My back is getting tight. I'm sitting here in traffic on the Queensboro Bridge tonight. I don't care cause all I want to do is cash my check and drive right home to you cause baby all my life I will be driving home to you so let's talk about King of Queens uh it's started its run in 1998 it concluded in 2007 so it's a pretty healthy run um the general gist is it's a sitcom about a married couple who also husband's an husband's an idiot wife is always angry with him it's your typical 90s sitcom about a married couple (laughs) and a and an elderly family member also lives with them um let's do histories with king of queens anthony oh no guest first matt what's your history with king of queens well, I mean, it almost feels like I'm part of the the whole show now, two weeks in a row. So Anthony could have went first, but uh, I also thought it'd be funny if I completely trolled and was like, I actually hate this show. And I lied to all of you and I'm coming on to dig on it. But I, in good that would have been like, such a Tom move. <laughs> it would have been. I, I love this show. It is one that I don't really remember like the first time I started watching it or whatever, but the thing I do remember a lot about it is I'm in college. We don't have streaming. I wanted something to have like consistently I could put on, you know, in my dorm, I have like five channels. So I ended up buying like the first couple seasons of this show and I watched it like crazy. I watched it all the time and then I bought more seasons and I think I eventually caught up into like real time and and watched the whole series. I've watched it on reruns. Uh, it's really like one of the first shows I ever remember my dad and I both really liking, which my dad's not much of like a TV person, but all of a sudden he was like watching this in like reruns and throughout syndication. He's watching it all the time. So we've always kind of like bonded over that and like quoting this show. Um, but I kind of rediscovered it during the pan- the start of the pandemic. I was looking for like laughs and something funny. It was consistently on every night on TV land. So I was like, this is part of my routine. It helps me through the day. And uh, yeah, I just love it. It's it's one of my my comfort shows. One of my all time favorite comedies, without a doubt. It's just fun, silly, 20 some minute episodes. And they always just make me feel good. Tom, what about you? I have watched all of these. I watched them. Um, I've never really watched much TV as it's going, I usually catch things in, you know, syndication later. And that was the case for this one. Um, Christine and I watched all of them numerous times when we were 
young did not same situation as matt we were young kids when we were first married we didn't have cable so it was whatever was on and we loved us and i have seen every episode and um just continue to go back to it it's just it's it's a feel good it's a comfort it's a safe happy make me laugh show and i love it uh i became a big fan of kevin james because of it got really into kevin james comedy leah remini has always been a part of my television experience since i was a kid watching saved by the bell so it's just it's just an all-around perfect show y'all anthony what about you well, first of all, I want to say I can relate to Matt about having like a uh, show in college you always watched. For me, that was The Office because I went to college during season four. Um, so that was like my comfort show when I was home. Um, so King of Queens. Now, a lot of people don't remember because this became a hit show in its own right. This is a spinoff of Everybody Loves Raymond. Um, Doug Heffernan first premiered on first debuted on that show as one of Raymond's friends and he was a recurring character during the first two seasons before he got a spin-off show. And then uh in later seasons the show did multiple crossovers. I think Gray and his parents appeared on Camp Queens at least once and I know they've appeared on Everybody Loves Raymond in later seasons. So <clears throat> if you go back, I was a big Everybody Loves Raymond fan and you know when this got spun off I became a huge fan of this. Um it's a great show. Uh typical 90s, you know, like uh yeah, I mean it's good. I I like Kevin James, like him. I don't love him. I mean, he's funny in this, but other stuff I've seen in him, he generally appears in uh a certain actor's movies I can't stand. <laughs> um he who shall not be named. Um Leia Remini, big fan though. Um but I mean, for me, the show is made by Jerry Stiller, who plays Leia Remini's uh, slightly insane father who lives in their house with them and is constantly causing mayhem. Um, as Jerry Stiller is a standout in most things he is in. So, of course. Yeah, Cam Queens, it's it's good. It's, it's 90s. It's good. <laughs> Way better than Everybody Loves Raymond. I disagree. But we'll get into that when I rank things. Um, it's so funny to me how closely aligned my history is with Matt and Tom. Um, Marty and I were just married. We had a TV, but not much else, right? No cable, no nothing. And King of Queens came on at dinner time or whenever, every day. Um, so this first time I'd ever seen it in that setting. And um, I mean, to this day, if it comes on, we watch it and it feels extra nostalgic because we both discovered it early in marriage. Um, and I like the show. I like the relationship between Doug and Carrie, that it's contentious, but there's love behind it. I love Kevin James, including him in all of the Adam Sandler movies he's in as well. Um, and we won't get to see some of the actors tonight, but like Pat Oswalt's in it and I really love him. And we just always liked it. Um, it's a great show. I don't, I don't remember all of the Christmas episodes. I've definitely not seen every episode of the show. It's not something we've gone back and binged, but um, some of them are definitely familiar that we'll talk about tonight. So I'm excited. Let's hit cast now. So we don't later. Um, 
our main character is Kevin James's Doug Heffernan. He's a FedEx type driver or UPS type driver in the show. Um, and he's goofy. He's lovable. Um, a dope sometimes for sure. He's a much, I say he's a less strong personality than his wife, but he definitely has that quick to anger button. Um, and him angry is almost as much fun as Steve Martin angry um, to me because he kind of explodes and I love a good explosive anger. He's also um, just dumb. He's also <laughs> dumb. And I, I'm going to share right now what one of my favorite episodes is. because It's not a Christmas episode. It's one that I remember. If I may, Julia, you're the host. Sure. Um, <laughs> he finds out he, uh, like, so <laughs> he keeps asking how his childhood dog is. Like, he doesn't realize the dog has died and his parents have replaced it multiple times because Four, he's that times, dumb. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, we didn't want to upset you, you know, it's just... <laughs> It's just, it's just like we didn't want to tell you that you you were born actually in Canada. And he flips out. He's like, I'm Canadian! <laughs> and they're like, we didn't want to upset you. And he's like, what if I wanted to run for president? And his dad's like, yeah, we were really banking on that not happening. <laughs> I, th- I think we're all safe from that one. <laughs> You'll know he played Santa, right? He did. It was on like a Sesame Street thing, right? Elmo's really? 2007 Christmas special. He put Santa. Oh, we may have to get down the list next year. Absolutely. I think he'd be a good Santa. Honestly, he's kind of bumbling, kind of, but he could be stern and he's funny. Obviously, he has the physique for it. I, I think he'd be a pretty good Santa. <laughs> um, Playing his I, wife. I would watch it. I would watch it, would uh, watch it as long as it wasn't an Adam Sandler vehicle. Adam Sandler would absolutely have to be in it. Thank you. Or I'm not going to watch it. Thank you, Julia. <laughs> um, playing Doug Heffernan's wife, Carrie Heffernan, is Leah Remney. Um, her character is, I mean, it's this is set in Jersey, New York, Chicago, Which Queens. One? Queens. Queens. King of Queens. Oh, Lord, help me. It's been a week. <laughs> I was trying to place the accent. You should have just referenced the title of the show. <laughs> Got it. Um, she's a tough nut to crack. Um, she's not as lovable and kind naturally as Doug is, but she's a great yin to his yang. She calls him on his crap. And their arguments are typically quite, quite funny. Um, I mean, I like her pretty well. She's fine. I know her as this before I know her as anything. Um, I mean, she's big now on speaking against Scientology. That's right. what she's big on now. Saved by the Bell. I don't. Stacy Carosi. Stacy, yeah, she was when they all were working on the at the at the Malibu resort, Sands. Her dad owned the Malibu Sands, and she was the entitled rich girl that Zach fell for. As he do. Interesting. I didn't know that. Um. As Anthony mentioned, Arthur Spooner is uh, Leah is Carrie Heffernan's father, widowed, widower, um, played by Jerry Stiller, who we love. We've talked about we Jerry love. Stiller before. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he's the same character in everything he plays, but I'm here for it 100%. He is Absolutely. literally the same character <laughs> in everything he plays. And again, I think I probably brought this up during the Seinfeld episode, but when he died, uh, Jerry signs that they, you know, this cast of Seinfeld uh, talked about him for the Hollywood Reporter to send memories of him. And they said they had so much trouble keeping straight faces with him because they never knew what he was going to do. For some reason, they I mean, they referenced it, like, he would be yelling, like the script says to yell, and for some reason go really high with certain words that, like, no other person would expect, and, like, just act crazy. And, yeah, he, he the guy's a comedic genius. I love him. Yes. Uh, we do, in the last episode we will cover tonight, we meet... Um, a character that was in a whole bunch of episodes prior to the one we're watching tonight. Um, Deacon is uh, Doug's co-worker and friend um, played by Victor Williams, Deacon Palmer. His wife is Kelly Palmer played by Marin Dungy. Um, she's in less episodes, but Deacon's a big part of the show. So definitely worth calling out. And then we also see who showed up in later episodes, uh, Nicole Sullivan, who's had a really good career as well since this. Um, she plays Holly Shumpert, the dog slash Arthur Walker. Um, <laughs> and she's <laughs> wonderful as well. Um, we see her. We'll talk about her in a single episode tonight. Um, You're forgetting Lou Ferrigno? I am not done yet. I was <laughs> working into that one. In words that you're not expecting me to say, if you haven't seen the show, Lou Ferrigno is in the show as well as himself. <laughs> he is their the neighbor, Incredible Hulk. the Incredible Hulk. Um, so we'll see him in an episode tonight as well. And then we will also see Doug's parents in a single episode. Um, Janet Heffernan and Joe Heffernan, played by Jenny O'Hara and Dakin Matthews. Both faces you see and you're like, oh, it's them. What good parents There's they also are. Richie Lanucci. Right. Richie is in one episode as well. Who is played by Larry Romano, who is Ray Romano's brother. Okay. They look alike. They have so a very similar face. That's not true. They're not related at all. <laughs> they look alike, though. I think if I. They do. Like... They do. They look like they could be brothers. No, they're not related at all. What else surprised me? You could have kept that one going because I was like, yeah, they do look alike. <laughs> I would, except Mike, I'm sure Mike Westfall would correct me and tell me where Larry Romano was born and who his parents were. Okay. So our first episode tonight is season one, episode 11, Noel Cowards. Anthony, you want to do this one? Yes. Thank you, Julia. I do want to do this one. This one is actually my favorite one. Uh, that we will be covering tonight and uh by that's by a country mile too just saying um so this one is season one episode 11 it aired for the first time december 14th 1998 um so the episode starts out with <laughs> doug uh carrie and what's the dad's name arthur 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 <laughs> Driving home from Christmas tree shopping and giant Christmas trees strapped to the top of their car. And Doug is just smiling because on the radio, the chipmunk song is coming up. And right when Alvin, when Dave is calling Alvin, because Alvin's coming in late, Arthur shuts the, shuts the radio. And uh, Doug asks, what are you doing? It's my favorite Christmas song. 
<laughs> and Arthur's like, I can't stand the way that Alvin comes in late. And Doug's like, that's what's so funny about it. And Arthur's like, not funny. It's disrespectful to the other chip. <laughs> and they go back and forth, turning on and off the radio to Doug. They're both getting more and more annoyed. And, uh, you know, Carrie yells at them. She's like, hey, I know I have to die someday. But I'm going to be really pissed off if it's today because of that. And, uh, you know, it's the perfect dynamic between the three of them, this little scene here at the beginning, uh, including Doug threatening Arthur. Like, he just whispers to him afterwards, you're so dead when we get home. <laughs> um, but there is something wrong with the car. It ends up breaking down and they end up uh, dragging the Christmas tree home, what, two miles, I believe? Mm-hmm. Because when they come in through the front door, Carrie's like, ask Doug, do you need help with that? And Doug's like, no, it's fine. I got it. I got it the past two and a half miles by myself. Um, one thing about this show is Doug and Carrie are always kind of struggling for money. They're middle class, but, you know, they're always having uh, money issues, struggling to be, meet, make ends meet. And uh, they realize they can't really afford a car, but they need a new one. So they go to the car dealership looking for an affordable one. Doug finds a car he's interested in. Uh, Carrie doesn't agree with him. She thinks they can't afford it. So when Marty, the salesman, comes over and asks uh, if they're interested, she tells him it's a piece of crap and he walks away dejected. Um, She's playing bad cop. Yes. Arthur comes to the rescue because as a Christmas gift, he buys them a car. It's a very sort of it's (laughs) called a Duschenberger and it's very small and squat. And I believe it's European because Doug is driving on the opposite side. Wheels well, on the Arthur, they make a reference that if you'd ever that you would know the car if you've ever spent time in Luxembourg. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Arthur persuades him to test drive it, so they do because they don't want to upset him because he did have his heart at the right place. It's a new car, and <laughs> they're they get stuck. They're in traffic. Doug is only going forty miles per hour. <laughs> And they're panicking because the truck is like right on their butt, like beeping at them. <laughs> and Carrie's like, drive faster. Doug's like, I'm going as fast as I can. <laughs> um, you know, who is it that advises them? They don't want to, they want to get rid of the car. But they don't, yes, Richie. So, Richie, they want to get rid of the car, but they don't want to offend Arthur. So, Richie. Um, suggest to them, why don't you guys dump the car in an area where it'll be stolen? Uh, That way, you know, you guys can get rid of it and you don't have to upset Arthur. Uh, But they hesitate to do so for a minute until they do. (laughs) They attempt to ditch the car. Um, (laughs) But what happens? Richie's car is stripped to the bone? Completely. Richie's Richie's car gets stripped, but he doesn't have insurance for vandalism or accidents or theft. Yeah, because Carrie can't do it. She can't follow through. Right, 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 right. Um, But this solves both of their problems because Richie needs a new car and they want to offload their car. So they give him the car Arthur gave them. Um, Now, Doug and Carrie give Arthur a watch for Christmas. (laughs) And... uh, Arthur tries to ditch it in the high crime area later on. 
And that's pretty much our episode. <laughs> Is I'm going to say this about this and so many of the other episodes we're going to cover. They do not feel like Christmas episodes. Yeah, mm-hmm. none of these. Okay. They are all set at Christmas. Um, and that's but- not even important like that it's set at Christmas. This could have happened any time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a Christmas gift, but you're right. He would, he could have gotten them a car any time of the year, birthday, an anniversary, whatever. Mm-hmm. You did miss one of my favorite interactions between Arthur and Carrie, though, that I want to hit before we go any further. Yeah, when Doug it. when Doug gets out to check on the car because there's something wrong with the belt, he needs the screwdriver. Come to find out, Arthur took the screwdriver out of the glove box because he wanted to tell what was or he wanted to see what was different between two cans of paint that he saw that were both <laughs> white in the basement. <laughs> and as Doug gets out, Arthur starts ranting about the the chipmunks and how awful Al, uh, Alvin is, and Carrie's like, "Preacher of the choir, Dad." <laughs> <laughs> Matt, how do you feel about that song? Um, I kind of feel like Arthur in this episode. When I first hear it every season, I'm kind of like, "I don't like this. It's annoying." And then it kind of wears on me a little bit. Then I end up liking it. So like, what do, do you guys like the song? I, I, I mean, I guess I'm more, more or less indifferent about it, but I don't seek it out. But I usually don't end up turning it off either. That's the space I'm in. Although it does immediately admit, activate Christmas feelings for me. A lot of nostalgia for me. A lot of nostalgia. Yeah. I don't like the song. <laughs> is it the chipmunks part, or is it the song itself? Both. You don't no, even like non-chipmunk renditions no, of Christmas not, this time. No, well. not really, because it's so ingrained with the chipmunks now mm-hmm. that they're all I could hear. I mean, even Glee, and Glee has taken some songs and like done covers I like better than the original songs, but even during that Christmas song episode where they did that one, they had to suck the helium to sing it. And I was like, come on, <laughs> you guys could have done a nice cover. Um, <laughs> Instead of playing it so literal. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I really like the, uh, but you're right, Julia. No, this is not Christmassy. Um, you know, there are Christmas elements. They're shopping for a tree. The watch and the car are um, Christmas gifts. But like Tom said, this episode really could have taken place any time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really did like it. Like, there were a lot of funny interactions with the, in this one between Doug and Carrie, the two of them and Arthur. Like, this one made me laugh a lot more than some of the later ones we're covering tonight. Mm-hmm. Um I'll have to weigh that when I rank this one uh, at the Christmas versus how much I liked it. But uh, before you rank it, did it have a Linus moment? Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think it's stretching it. It mm-hmm. would be a stretch that they don't get rid of the car, but mm-hmm. I don't think no. one. Yeah, not big enough to play. I don't think. So before we rank it, I have to say the lack of Christmasiness is really going to weigh heavily on my scores. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. my scores are not reflective of my feelings about this show. Same. I could turn the show on anytime and watch it and be happy on any episode. And I, that's kind of what uh, me and Matt were talking about last week with Superstore as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, just going back and looking at all the shows we've covered, like Friends, we ranked very low except for the Holiday Armadillo, but they were not Christmassy as well. And obviously, that's not a reflection on Friends. Um, so I think people Superstore mind 
having worked retail superstore is a huge loss. It was a huge lost opportunity. It could have been very Christmassy and very, mm. very funny. They, I think they blew their Christmas episodes. There's that Tom we missed last week. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think so? I uh, know. I agree. I agree. I, I, yeah, I agree. We talked about it, and it, we, we were kind of split it. though. Listen, because... listen to the episode, Tom. No, yeah. What heard... time? Well, it is so. It's funny in retail that you're you're holidays hit especially a store like that it's not macy's right that would have been an entirely different holiday setup a store like that hits christmas early and then by the time christmas day hits the shelves are refreshing Mm -hmm. so it was kind of tricky literally last year i went to target on christmas eve and christmas eve they were already starting to switch out to valentine's day so target's got buying (laughs) issues Good luck seeing any new stuff at Target this year. Um, okay, so any quotes we haven't already covered? No, the Alvin and the Chipmunk one was my favorite interaction. But sorry, Matt, go on. I was going to say, I do have one, and it's it ties into, Julia, what you said, how you like that Doug or uh, Kevin James can kind of go off like Steve Martin. He could simmer, and it just comes to a head. And it's they come back. Doug is very frustrated. And he says to Arthur, didn't I ask you not to put the peanut butter in the refrigerator? And Arthur says, you may have. Why? And he goes, because then it gets hard and I can't spread it without tearing the bread. Arthur says, so just let it sit for a half an hour and soften up. Doug, I want the sandwich now. Arthur, <laughs> then toast the bread. That way it won't tear. Don't want it toasted. Don't want it in a half an hour. What I want is an untoasted peanut butter and jelly sandwich now. Well, Douglas, that might not be possible. As it is, I've given you a number of very attractive alternatives. No, they're not attractive. Okay, Arthur, you know what? I may not be able to afford a decent car, but I do have a house and I let you live in it. So please show me some respect. Then he picks up the peanut butter, smears it on the bread, jams it into his mouth. He goes, oh, peanut butter. Oh, good. Peanut butter. Yeah, my peanut butter. This is my house. And he runs out <laughs> out the door. And I, it's just, it's just perfect Kevin James, like... Exactly what you said, Julia, the simmering and the like just going to explode. And I love that. Like him and Arthur, the tension between the two is perfectly summed up in a very trivial thing like putting peanut butter in the refrigerator. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Love that one. Let's let's rank it. Anthony, what are you giving it? Well, last week I put my uh you know i liked the episodes but they weren't christmasy so four was my standard so i'm gonna give it a four matt I, re- I really like it but it's not christmasy. yeah i think this might be the most christmasy of the bunch but same kind of logic i'm gonna give it a five tom three am i coming at a four the three point six seven all right, that takes us to season two, episode 12, Net Profits. Matt, you want to do this one? Sure. And Tom and I have experience. Tom and I covered this one on my podcast, mm-hmm. geez, like two years ago now, maybe. So we it's been did. A while. And uh, this one debuted in December of 1999. Uh, we open up first. Arthur is very upset at the neighbors and they're what he deems to be a very big uh, light display and he thinks they're flaunting their money 
and how they have more money than everybody else. Uh, so this is like Arthur's sub story in this is he's trying to outdo the neighbors with his nativity scene and setup uh, at outside of their house. But the other main storyline here, Doug, he gets a Christmas bonus, which he first does a thing with Carrie where he's like, oh, he's like, I got some news to tell you today. And they sit down and he makes it seem real dire and real like something bad here. And he's like, and uh, my boss, he called me into his office and uh, and she's like, yeah, what, what? And he's like, and he gave me this check for three thousand dollars. And he's like, see, see what I did there. <laughs> And uh, so this sets them up. He's got this Christmas bonus. He's like, you know, I'm probably just going to put it in the bank like we always do. Uh, But she's like, why don't we try and invest in this company called Shamini.com? Somebody who works at the law firm she's at invested in it. He's made a ton of money. He's smart with his investments. So Carrie's all about it. Doug is super apprehensive about it he does not want to take that risk Kiri eventually uh convinces him uh to go with it so they eventually they end up investing uh they see the stock go up by double they're super ecstatic about this uh but then the stock has dropped and doug is freaking out but Kiri's like look we are long-term investors here. We're in this for three to four weeks, okay? <laughs> we got to go with the ebbs and flows of this. So she's like, well, we're going to calm down. We're going to ride it out. We're going to be fine. Uh, but of course, Doug is all worried about it. He's checking it on the internet, even though he has no idea how to work the computer. Uh, it eventually drops more because they're awaiting uh, approval for the company's technology so he's finally driving himself nuts. He convinces Carrie, look, we need to sell. So they go ahead, they sell. But now when we jump ahead, the stock has gone up and it's gone up in a big way because they've now gotten their approval. Doug is now conflicted again. And now he feels bad that they lost uh, out on this big investment. He thinks it's going to go even higher. And he's like, let's get back into this. And Carrie's reluctant at first but she's like fine we'll get back into it and what i love this is one of my favorite scenes of the entire show is we see doug in his truck and up in the little corner like something you'd see during like uh you know if you're walking watching any short sort of like stock show or something on tv and you can see the stock when the stock's going up doug is really nice and he's waving people along he's like oh come on go ahead take your time that's fine and then when we see the stock dropping he's yelling he's like get off there's lines in the road for a reason and he's screaming oh my god <laughs> this is like watching me in traffic like no <laughs> joke as, so especially funny. the one comment he makes about they have wheels for a reason. They give you wheels for a reason. <laughs> it's so funny. And then we finally see the stock takes just a massive hit. And he is so dejected. And we move we move ahead and they're sitting on the couch. And this scene makes me laugh every time. They're watching a Christmas carol on TV. And Carrie is mouthing along with the mm-hmm. words. And Doug's like, will you stop that? And she's like, what? He's like, you're mouthing along the word. She's like, you, you can't even see me. He's like, I can see it out of my peripheral vision. He's like, it's not <laughs> peripheral, it's peripheral. He's like, I didn't say that. So they're getting very mad at each other. And then he like pulls up the blanket and she's yelling at him about his smelly feet, which he says, it's not my feet, it's my socks. 
which is also very funny. <laughs> so they're arguing and they're going back and forth about, uh, you know, she's like, Chunky made me sell or Chunky made us sell. And they're arguing and they're very upset. Uh, but then Arthur, he spots them arguing. And we think we're getting this very nice, sweet moment. You know, he takes them outside. He has this this beautiful nativity scene which i'm sure tom will have something to discredit it on when we get there uh but there there's this beautiful nativity scene outside and he starts telling the story about how him and carrie's mother when they first got married and they didn't have money and nothing at all at their first christmas together and he's like but you know what we did have and they're assuming he's gonna be like yeah you had love and he's like no we had vodka. He's like, now come inside and let's have a drink. And so he goes back inside. <laughs> Doug and Carrie, they realize, look, we kind of drove ourselves crazy and they apologize to each other. They discuss selling the stock to avoid any more of the craziness before they eventually talk themselves in to buying more. Uh, and then zooms in on the nice nativity scene. We've got some Christmas music playing uh, before we get a nice little tag at the end of the episode where we find out that Shamini.com had plum- plummeted after its CEO got into legal trouble and that ended the episode. So it's, again, like the first one and even less so, it 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 didn't have to take place at Christmas. Like, it, I mean, yes, he gets the Christmas bonus, but it could have been any you know, number of reasons why he came upon this amount of money. So it's, uh, it's definitely not the most Christmassy, but it is very funny. And and I, that's probably my bigger takeaway is it's funny, but it's not Christmassy. Mm-hmm. Are you, I thought, are you a Carrie or are you a Doug? When it comes to investing, like if you had to put yourself in one of the two people for this episode, I am oh, absolutely gosh. the Doug. Yeah, I'm, I'm, the Doug. I'm probably Doug. Yeah. Yeah. Carrie. Tom's a carry. Yeah. <laughs> He's absolutely the carry. Gosh, I'm the Doug right. and I'm also the Doug when I'm annoyed at somebody. <laughs> like if I I don't care who it is, it could be a wife, it could be a friend. Uh, like it could be the first time I'm meeting you in person, Julia. If you, if you did something annoying to me, or you were, I was annoyed with you, and you just like <laughs> sitting side by side on the couch, like you could blink the wrong way, and I'm like, could you stop that? Like that scene resonated <laughs> with me. Speaking of which, I uh, forgot to mention I, earlier during catch up. Do you guys ever have dreams where you get mad at somebody, so mad at somebody in a dream when you wake up, you are irrationally angry at them, and you don't know so why. Yeah. No, that, that is my wife, though, and I'm on the bad end of it every oh, time. Oh, no. Yeah, that, that happens with me and Sarah all the time. But, Julie, I want to apologize because the other day I was like, I don't even remember the dream. <laughs> I just woke up and I was like, what a beep. And I was like, <laughs> if that's the day went on, I was like, <laughs> such a Grinch. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Grinchy, Grinch, Grinch. Um, I, I was going to text you, though, and be like, where's my apology? For whatever you did in this dream. <laughs> I did find it funny. We, we see just how dated this is when we look at the Dow Jones industrial average they had there. Mm. It was like, you know, sub 12,000. Less, less than a third of what it is now. This was not the episode that felt the most dated to me, as we'll talk about, I think, oh. next. Mm. No, it was just funny <laughs> seeing that, that stock ticker. Yeah, it was very funny. <laughs> It was funny. Any 
Mm. Yeah, let's do quotes first. Any quotes? I don't like all the references to calling him Chunky. (laughs) (laughs) And then Doug getting offended by being called Chunky after he gave himself the moniker. Matt uh, got my favorite quote, which is uh, the periphery discussion. Periphery vision. (laughs) Um, Okay, so then how Christmassy did it have a Linus moment? Is this just an episode set at Christmas? Not, not very Christmassy. Set at Christmas. No. No Linus moment. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. the nativity scene, I liked the nativity. Yeah, but they immediately say mm-hmm. that that's not that's not what Christmas is. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I, I preferred I like I preferred oh, the beautiful nativity. I preferred the nativity that Arthur was building with the giant baby Jesus. Yes. <laughs> squish the wise and the, men. The cigar store Indian just because he liked them. <laughs> and who's to say he wasn't there? <laughs> oh. So then let's rank it. Um, Tom, where do you put this one? Two. Matt. Three. Anthony. Matt, you and I are hand in hand this episode i'm also a three i'm gonna give it a two not my favorite 2.5.33 wait what i don't know does it matter I don't know. <laughs> numbers don't matter um okay that brings us to season three episode 11 better camera so this one Can aired you do that math anthony google's doing, doing the math, math. oh oh uh, yeah plus, oh I was including Matt's score. Never mind. I gave Matt a voice. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> but just like America, not every vote counts the same. <laughs> so that takes us to season three, episode 11, Better Camera. This one originally aired on December 11th of the year 2000. Dun, dun, dun. Crazy. And, um, Quick plot synopsis on this one is just it's the Christmas season and the Heffern and see they have a new neighbor who happens to be Luke Ferrigno. This is a terrible just, synopsis, but that's fine. <laughs> can I just say, by the way, when you watch old episodes of this show, old episodes of Friends, of Seinfeld, of Ray Loves Raymond, just that era of TV, do you realize how many episodes they could not do today just because of technology? How much would be hmm. solved by a cell phone? How much would be, you know, Oh, you have a camera yep. in your pocket, like you, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Like, right. it just always amazes me when one like this so blatantly stands out because of how dated it is. Well, even like in okay. this, where they're like, "Oh, and I could plug this into a computer," yeah, yes. and it was, and it wasn't even a digital camera because yeah. it still took film, and it was like it's not even at that next level yet. Like it's, it is, it's, it's very dated for being twenty three years old. Very deep. <laughs> okay, so we've got two plot lines in this episode. Uh, the first one is brought about by the fact that the Amazing Hulk moves in next to them, uh, Lou Ferrigno, and everybody's enamored by this. But no more so than Arthur is enamored by this because Arthur has written a screenplay. And remind me, because I don't remember, but the screenplay thing had come up before... On this the is show? an ongoing is right? gag. Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. 
So Arthur has the screenplay and he's like, um, he's definitely in with the movie and the TV people. So I'm absolutely going to have him read my screenplay, uh, even though everybody's like, please don't do that. <laughs> please don't do that. Um, he still does. Um, he uh, not only invites him over to read it, but he also ends up towards the end of the episode, um, sneaking it into Lou's bathroom <laughs> while he is not there. Um which Lou doesn't appreciate much. And we get to see a little mini Hulk out, which is kind of fun uh, when he storms over Christmas night or during a celebration. Not sure if it's actually on Christmas celebration Um, and basically tells him, I can't do this, (laughs) right? Please don't do this. And gets chastised for acting that way in the Christmas season. Um. So that's the Arthur storyline, pretty small. Our bigger storyline is is definitely the Doug and Carrie gift exchange for Christmas that we've seen in other episodes. So we see Doug and Deke are in a pawn shop uh, shopping for their wives for Christmas. And uh, Doug's trying to figure out what to get Carrie. He knows that she'd be interested in the camera. He sees two options. And he opts for the more expensive camera he sees. And Deacon's like... I'll get the cheaper one because my wife loses everything. So that's absolutely the right answer. Uh, so they walk away with their gifts. Can I just say I do that with Sarah constantly loses her sunglasses. <laughs> so you lower the investment. <laughs> yeah. Like I used to get her the really nice ones and everything, but she kind of now I just like go to Target and find like three bucks on sale <laughs> on the rack. <laughs> um so Doug gets home and in what I feel like is true Doug style um, is excited about the gift that he got her. Plus he's like, I got you something. And she's like, Oh, what'd you get me? What'd you get me? Can you give me a hint and all of that? And so the hint he gives her is by moving his hands in a box up to his face and making a clicking motion with his finger. And he gets very irritated when she guesses a camera even though he kind of gave it away. So he ends up giving it to her early so she can enjoy it for the actual Christmas festivities. Like, wouldn't it be nice if you had a camera to take pictures of particularly me? But the Santa gag is one of the things he mentions. Um, so she's got her awesome new camera and she loves it. It's it the the film whines. You can hear that. It has the flash that takes some charging up to work but it's a nifty little camera it has a wrist strap so it's a real winner and she's excited about it um so when so, we, this episode reminded me uh when i was just in england a few weeks ago with my friends even when we were in college like it was a digital camera so like on a night out people would have their cameras you're not posting drunken images right away to social media you had to go home and sleep on it first because it's on the camera and like that's right now it's a whole different it's instant and it's like man it again just watching this episode it makes you think how much technology has changed in such a short relatively short amount of time and is it for the better but the drunk illustration i would say we were better off it does just make me laugh though like taking out a (laughs) digital camera at like a club or a bar or something in college and waiting for it to load up and waiting for that flash to go off like 
Yeah, they're watching <laughs> them here with these earlier versions of cameras. Uh, made me laugh and made me think of simpler days. Now, simpler days were where you bought the disposable cameras. Hey, I, I loved those things. Too. And then you had to take them to get developed. And then two weeks later, you see your prom photos and half of them didn't turn out. Or you buy them for all of your guests at your wedding because you're poor. And uh, let me rephrase they were still They were still doing that on Friends in 2000, whatever, whenever Monica and Chandler got married. Hey, that was a King of, that was a King of Queens episode. It yeah, was. That, that was a he... Everybody Loves Raymond episode, too. I think every 90s show did the Kodak camera. Yeah. yeah. Doug took a picture of something inappropriate <laughs> on a wedding camera with a miniature top hat and uh <laughs> it led to such a to his mother finding out and yeah a very funny episode um okay so it's a couple days later after she got the camera and she's bringing home all the goodies she got at work um gift exchange at work super exciting there's one she's missed unwrapping. And when she unwraps it, she realizes two things. One, it's from her boss. And two, it's a camera that is way better than the one that Doug got her. Um, it does panorama. It plugs into a computer so you can get digital copies of your photos. Um, and Doug is immediately uncomfortable because he's like, well, great. This amazing gift that I got you is now not so amazing, even though Carrie continue, continues to try and reassure him. I love the one that you got me. It's got this, you know, it's got the sentimentality behind it and you gave it to me and it's got a wrist strap. Like what's not to love? And Has so that ever happened to any of you guys? You get a gift for somebody and only realize somebody else got them a similar, more high quality version of that gift. No, Dude, it's happened to you. I'd have no qualms just telling somebody to take mine back. Like, none whatsoever. <laughs> You're not going to hurt my feelings. Well, Doug absolutely gets his feelings hurt. And they he come does. to an agreement at the work party they will be going to that evening um, that she she's going to take the one that he gave her because it's, you know, because she kind of has to. Right? Special. So we're at the work party and multiple people are talking about the cameras they got from their boss. Boss is a scumbag, right? Yes. Okay. Because he comes off He's... scumbag, and I vaguely remembered him being kind of a unpleasant. He's just an entitled attorney. Yeah. That says a lot. Um, there are some picture-taking moments that Carrie very quickly realizes the dead camera is inadequate to accommodate, and he <laughs> also notices. <laughs> Posing with one of her coworkers, and she's trying to get the thing booted up, and the coworkers like, so "Did you take it yet?" And she's like, "Nope, still starting, still, <laughs> still charging up." You should have brought your scamp. It's so intuitive. <laughs> <laughs> so the um, the company party ends with hurt feelings, effectively. Um, Doug's hurt feelings, more specifically, and. They have a little talk about it that night and they come to an agreement where um, she can keep the good camera and re-gift or return the other camera. Um, 
And Doug's like, you know, it's totally fine because I got a little bonus at work or whatever. And I actually bought you something else. So it's like totally cool. And we're completely good. So she's like, oh my gosh, you got me something else. So she opens the present and it's this hideous giraffe sweater. Hideous. Real ugly. And she definitely doesn't like it, but she's absolutely pretending like she does because she's not going to have another burn situation like she had with the camera. She also got um, Doug exactly what he, well, she got him a golf club he wanted very badly, um, but, but not the little snowboard racer sled that he wanted. Um, so he has a level of disappointment as well. He's being a bit of a baby. Um, mm-hmm. Deacon and his so wife. Doug. And, <laughs> so Doug. Uh, Deacon and his wife and kids come over. Lufa Rigno comes over for his little freak out about the um, script. I mean, Arthur's there. He always is. And a few things play out in a very short amount of time. Um, you see Kelly, which is Deacon's wife, open up a gift from Carrie and it's the camera she's regifting from Doug. And Deacon is irritated because he's like, you just gave my wife the better camera than the one that I bought her. Like, that's not cool. And then Kelly finds out it was regifted to her and it already has solid photos on it from Doug and Carrie. Um, and then we have the sweater. Is it just an ugly sweater or is it Doug throwing a hissy fit and buying her something he knows she's not going to like, but has to wear. Um, so we, we have, have a lot Lake. of with, with Ricky Lake. Who is she again? His sister, Doug's sister. Doug's sister. That's right. She's the one that's like, do you think that maybe that's why he got it for you? Um, so what we have is a Christmas meal with a whole lot of angry people for different reasons, which felt very Christmassy, honestly. Um, and It's Doug that ends up being our voice of reason, our tiny Tim, so to speak. Um, And he mentions, you know, is this really the Christmas spirit? Everybody at each other's throats. So a little bit of, you know, mea culpa has happened in that moment. Apologies all around. And that's as close to a Linus moment as we get in this episode. There are Christmas decorations. I think this one is the most, if maybe this one or the next one is the most decorated for Christmas, I think that we've had um, inside the house anyway, the stuff that we see. But is that enough? No, it's not enough. No. Mm-mm. Was it a Linus moment at the end? I mean, more than the other two. Yeah, no, I'd say it's that. a stretch. Oh, it's a stretch, but definitely more than the other two. <laughs> um, any hilarious moments that we want to talk about in this episode? Uh, I really liked the when Lou comes over and he's like yelling and all that stuff, and he like has that realization. He's like, uh, you know what? It's Christmas. We shouldn't be fighting. You know, blah blah blah. And he's like, have a good Christmas. I'll look over this, Arthur. And then <laughs> Doug's like. Everybody, Lou Ferrigno is right. <laughs> we shouldn't be fighting. <laughs> so that moment is funny. But yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like we said, it is decorations wise. It does feel a little more Christmassy. But again, it's I mean, I guess it kind of 
ties into like i guess it doesn't have to be a christmas gift but it could have been a birthday gift but she wouldn't have gotten well i mean i guess she would have got a gift from somebody else it could have been the same so but yeah i i don't know it's grasping at straws here trying to find like a perfect uh like christmas connection to this episode mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't exist okay so then where do we rank this one matt where do you put it uh, I'll give it a three. Anthony. Two. Tom. Two. We'll come in at a three with Matt. 2.33. That ties it with episode two. And that brings us to our last episode we're covering tonight. Season four, episode 12, Overreaction. Tom, you want to get this one? Are you giving me this one because my wife and I had fertility issues and weren't able to conceive? I knew. How did I know he was going to make that joke when I realized the one that was left? <laughs> I was actually giving you this one because it's my favorite, but it's fine. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> uh, yes, overreaction. This episode, it's Christmas time. We open up with Doug wrapping a present for Carrie and not doing a great job doug shouts back at carrie asks what she's doing she says ping on a stick and doug said i'm hoping it's for a pregnancy test which (laughs) made me laugh uh they have to wait you know like uh for those of you who have tried conceiving it's fun the waiting the waiting uh after ping on a stick um although they're using it i don't know if they're using a cheap one or this was just before my time but it took three whole minutes and I did find Doug being funny. He said, daddy wants to be a daddy was his line here. And Carrie really wants to be pregnant. They really want to have kids. Uh, But that's not in there, not in the stars for them as Arthur comes down and says, uh, say who's got the negative, who's negative pregnancy test is this very (laughs) unceremoniously. Um, (laughs) They end up going, deciding to go to get tested and find out what their problem is. Doug is very nervous about this. He feels uh, everybody will assume that he is the problem for, you know, looking physically looking at Doug, that he will be the problem. He's the reason they can't have children. Uh, They end up going and the doctor tells Doug that, yes, uh, everything is firing on all cylinders. He congratulates his genitals and gets excited in the doctor's office, which was awkward. But we learn Carrie only has one good ovary left. And she is ovulating now. So they have a short window. I did. I did. Conceive in the next couple of months. I did just want to say, Tom, I did like Doug's worry going to the doctor. She's going to tell me to wear, to wear uh, less tight underwear. <laughs> and, when the do- and when the doctor first addresses her like Doug, he's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking I of which, shout out to Jay Lynch as the doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh? Jay, Jay Lynch. Lynch was the doctor. Oh, Jay Lynch was the doctor in this episode. Um, She... Doug does say he wants to wait until after Christmas to go get tested so that he has a little longer to wear his before he has to start wearing baggy pants all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
So he go. They find out that they have the short window. Only problem is Doug's parents are coming to stay, and they have a habit of giving. They've created this expectation that they give up their bed for Doug's parents. Which do y'all ever give up your bed for company? No, 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 never, never. And I mean, so, if we leave the house and we're not there, I'm like, please don't sleep on the couch and take our bed, but not while we're there. Mm-hmm. No. So they end up, the Doug's parents come, they take them, his mom takes the luggage upstairs, Doug goes racing after her because he wants to set them up in the guest bedroom slash Carrie's office on the futon, gets up there, chickens out, ends up giving his their bed away, and somehow commits to buying his mom a new computer <laughs> out of awkwardness. Um, they are trying to have romantic marital relations and as they're getting started on the squeaky futon doug's dad comes in a in his boxers and wife beater obviously kills the moment says they have to go to some random kids uh lou de maria lou de maria <laughs> lou de maria subaru subaru <laughs> let's go to his grandkids choir concert and Doug's dad asks Doug if he'll go. He says he will. Carrie's not happy. Tells him to just cancel it so they can have the house to themselves the next night. Then his mom comes in in her long nightgown. (laughs) Tells Doug how happy she is about them going. And this kills the mood. They're not going to be able to try to conceive tonight. Fast forward. They're at the concert. Carrie's talking about how awful it is. I just have to go to the script. Uh, the kids are singing their song. Actually, I liked it when he ended it. She says, when after D- Doug's mom leaves, she said, so you want to keep going? He said, I couldn't make love to Julia Roberts right now. <laughs> Next scene, they're at the concert. <laughs> the kids are singing. And Carrie just goes, friggin' kids. Doug's, what's the matter? What's the matter? I've, what's the matter is I've only got one good ovary. It's firing right now. And I'm stuck here listening to these losers. <laughs> <laughs> love her take to, to the kids. <laughs> Tries to sneak out. Carrie convinces him they should sneak out before his parents will never know. She leaves the aisle. Doug does the whole overweight man, awkward, trying to get past people on an aisle. Gets pulled. Oh, I felt that. Gets pulled into the kids' parade. That's how I feel getting on and off of like out of a row on an airplane. Yeah, me too. I hate it. What is it? The Tyler Durden from Fight Club. Talking about like, do you give them the butt or the crotch as you're as you're <laughs> by? Uh, Doug gets pulled into this famous jingle bell dance, and they can't leave. So when they get home, they just decide to flat out tell everybody what's going on. Carrie tells them she's only got one over; they've got a limited time. Doug's parents say they're gonna they're gonna go out and they're gonna take Arthur. His mom's like, "And how long do you need? Do you need to stay out till one or midnight?" Doug's like, "No, I don't need you to stay out till midnight." He's like, uh, you know, Carrie makes a joke about Doug. You know, the midnight thing wouldn't be needed. And Doug said, how about till nine? She's like, a nine? Oh, Speedy Gonzalez. (laughs) (laughs) I'm mortified. Like, just the idea of these conversations with my mom still. It's so uncomfortable. So they leave. Doug and Carrie are back. They're trying to to get in the mood. Doug is feeling all of the pressure and anxiety because he's got this short window. Yeah. And And then they hear... Well, 
yeah, I just want to. I just want to say here, I really felt for Doug because I don't know if I could. Uh, you know, if if everyone knew and was expecting it, that's a lot of pressure on you. I don't know if that. Uh, you know, I I, I felt like that's probably a lot of men would probably be dug in that situation <laughs> after that series of events. Yep. So they're talking about how their parents are out having fun and then they start hearing something downstairs, look downstairs and Doug's mom is telling Arthur and Doug's dad to just chill. They have to just deal with the cold. They need to give them until nine o'clock. They're up there trying to make a grandbaby and it just totally kills the moment, right? Like they are not... <laughs> not having it i did find it funny that um carrie's trying to get doug going she tells him to just think of Alyssa milano <laughs> and he's like huh oh, she's hot plus her last name's a cookie <laughs> but i don't know if you'll know this leah rimini was friends with Alyssa milano on who's the boss i did know that she was in two episodes yep so uh, anyway, so during all Jill- of this as well, the side story, Doug's dad learns that Arthur, Arthur has a dog walker. <laughs> hey, dogs aren't allowed that much latitude. <laughs> if I want to go left, I go left. If I want to go, go right, to I go right. No dog in the world. That's that sort of freedom. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> We're making fun of it. They go on a walk. Doug's dad decides to go with them. And uh, we learn that Holly comes from a family of 13. All the rest are still working at the fish hatchery. Ultimately, Doug and Carrie do end up trying when Doug looks at the package of Milano cookies. Like, Carrie, I'm ready. <laughs> I, I, I do love... I do love... Uh... Arthur getting Arthur jealous with the dogs. With the dogs, flavor of the week, boys, or whatever he's he says. Flavor of the month. Of the mo- <laughs> Don't worry, fellas. He's just the flavor of the month. Flavor <laughs> of the month. And we end. Uh, this one is funny. It's very. It does a great job of that sitcom awkwardness. I mean, it was mm-hmm. so uncomfortable. But it's not Christmassy at all. The now, only, the why only was this one your favorite, Julia? I liked the awkward mom stuff. That always makes mom me laugh. so much more comfortable with his with Doug's sex life than Doug is discussing it with his mom. I mean, it reminded me a little bit of you know friends with um, Ross's parents, right? With the birthday Emma's birthday episode, which is my single favorite friends episode of all time. Again, I feel like every ninety sitcom or like any sitcom, a lot of sitcoms, any sitcom where a couple is trying. Or you know, or you get the adult parents. I feel like they have a situation, an episode like this. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's that sitcom cliche. It feels real life as well, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, like, totally. I'm just saying. Moms like, I think, totally. Do. It is. Yeah. Heavily used in sitcoms for sure, but for good reason. And I just like Doug's parents, but not Christmasy. Not Christmasy. And for that reason, this one lands at a two with me as well. No Linus moment either. Mm-mm. I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to give it a five. And that's only because this is like one of my maybe top five favorite King of Queens episodes. It's just so funny to me. So funny. But definitely not Christmassy. 
at all. <laughs> uh, the Danner. I went 4-3-2 and I was giving this a 1. I just Ooh. didn't really like this one. Whoa, okay. <laughs> so that's 2.33. Now let's so, keep Matt's uh, score and dump yours for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so the f- highest rate episode is the first one, a 3.67, and then the next three are tied, 2.33. <laughs> I did appreciate that the first episode we covered and then this last one did start with um recognizable christmas songs right yes. chipmunks and then this one was the boss christmas coming to town um mm-hmm. or santa claus is coming to town which i love um and bigger budget shows like this can get the actual ones versus if you're watching a hallmark it's just some random rendition of the song so i liked that and this is the one that starts with doug in a christmas sweater right it does where he's no this one wasn't the Christmas sweater. Was it the last one? It was the last he, one. Yeah, where he's wearing his Christmas sweater from when he was 11 years old. King of Queens. The first We've, four episodes. We will revisit. That's right. The last four, three. I haven't looked ahead that far. I think it's three. The last three, five, six. Yeah. And now the last four or okay. more. Nice. We will be doing that in two weeks with Matt again. Man, so much Super Matt. This is nice. <laughs> I'm not going to complain about Matt. having Matt. The month of Matt. The oh, too bad it's not all in one math. We're spreading this over two months. <laughs> hey, Matt, do you want to cover for me next week again? Well, I will be on vacation, hopefully. So oh, I, mean, I can right. do, do it at I the just beach. don't want to do it. Yeah. I just don't want to do it. Be and I want to let you know that you'd be hosting and editing as well. So, <laughs> oh, what an honor! There you go. <laughs> okay, so if people want to weigh in um, on this week's episode, Anthony, where do they do that at? Uh, linktree.com slash chiss the podcast. It'll take you to all our social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook group. Our Facebook group is our most active. Uh, you gotta talk to cool people like Matt here. Uh, like Santa Matt, like uh, Kendall Foray, Natalie Bickle, all our friends you've heard and loved on this show, Jerry D. Um, it's also our most active social media site, especially in this. This is our first episode of the Bird Months of 2023, which we forgot to call out at the beginning. So especially in this last third of the year, it's getting more and more active uh, in the run up to Halloween, Thanksgiving, and of course, Christmas. So check it out. Um, it's a good place to just share your excitement for the upcoming holidays. And there's we also have a Patreon, where it's for a little as little as a dollar a month if you get bonus content. Uh, it's been kind of dead this year, but that's because I've been stacking up on Halloween content if you're into spooky season. Uh, lots of special guests for that. Uh, we're going to have Thanksgiving content. We need to pick some dates here. And uh, Christmas content, of course. So check it out. Yay! And Tom, you want to tell us what we're covering next week that you're so excited about? We're revisiting How I Met Your Mother. So Tapping just get off, ready. Right? Just get ready. I'm on. I'm not convinced that we won't be able to just plug in the recording from a couple weeks ago, change the dates at the end, and <laughs> publish it as new. The most, but we'll see. Under repair podcast. <laughs> oh, it's not about being under prepared. It's just it's the same exact story every time. <laughs> I, I do think there is one that you guys might actually kind of like. 
of what's coming in those How I Met Your Mother episodes. Because there's one I really like. I don't remember any of them. I mean, when I sit down and watch it, I might. But uh, so I'm excited to see which one. I'm going to play a little guessing game with myself next week. And hopefully <laughs> yeah, let's see if we can figure out which one Matt was talking about. Yeah. There, there is one that I do think kind of stands out uh, amongst the others because most of theirs aren't that Christmassy. That first one is, but that the rest really aren't. But there is one, I think, uh, towards the end that you guys will probably be, mm, I, I think you'll maybe appreciate it a, l- a little more than the others. Hopefully, I think. And so, so listeners know which ones to watch in preparation for next week we are covering two the last two christmas episodes for how i met your mother which are season seven episode 12 symphony of illusion and then season eight episode 12 the final page part two so check those out do your homework get ready for next week and then will be hosting and then get excited because all we have how i met your mother and camp queens to cap off tv month few weeks i think it's over a month at this point then we're heading into spooky season our annual sojourn into spooky season tons of guests coming up tons of great stuff we're continuing the halloween town franchise which i know tom loves we're continuing the scream and halloween franchise the scream franchise which i love we're continuing one of the one of the halloween timelines my preferred one um you know, and then we have movies like And I'm Casper. just along for the ride. Yeah. <laughs> we have such sh- sights to show you, as there I posted go. on your wall. Yes, you did. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, November or December are going to be stacked. They're just not scheduled yet because none of these streaming services have released their release dates yet, even though there's tons of original content coming this year, so which will be fun. So our future schedule is going to be a surprise to you and us (laughs) to be determined um something we can all be excited about though we're only 2688 hours to christmas that's 112 days we're almost in double digits guys that's 16 weeks (gasps) yeah nailed it oh how many months is that matt that is three months Right? Four? Holy moly. Four. Four, four, four weeks a month, 16 weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah duh. <laughs> Losing my mind. See, and, and I thought I did a good job last week when I off the cuff guessed how many weeks were left, and I was only one off. So I felt pretty good about that. <laughs> we're Matt, getting there. you're always, always a delight. Tell us about where our listeners can find you if they haven't caught previous episodes sure, and won't sure. be here for I'm, future ones. I mean, if I'm not here uh, speaking to you all in over the course of three weeks and or three times in four weeks, uh, you can check out my podcast, TGI podcast. Uh, The day after this particular episode drops, uh, we will have our last of the season, which is a back to school episode. And then we will be back in October with all of our classic 90s and 2000s and late 80s uh, Halloween episodes and, of course, Thanksgiving in November, closing it out with Christmas in December. So we've always got fun stuff uh, going up. I'm always super excited once we get back into October. So I'm really looking forward to it. So yeah, just check me out there. Awesome. We love it. You should definitely check Matt out. Um, And then, I don't know, come back next week 
for How I Met Your Mother. And then the week after that, Matt will be back. So definitely come back for that. Until then. Bye. 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 Toodaloo. Okay, Simon. Okay. Okay, Theodore. Okay. Okay, Alvin. Alvin. Alvin! Okay, fellas, get ready. That was very good, Simon. Very good, Theodore. Uh, Alvin, you were a little flat. Watch it, uh, Alvin. Alvin. Let's not overdo it. Now wait a minute, boys. Alvin, cut that. Now, wait. Theodore, just a minute. Simon, will you cut that out? Get off.